Praise the Lord. I want to invite you to go with me to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 21 this morning. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 21. As we go to the word of the Lord and we read the words of an account in the life of Christ, it's a story about a woman who was in a great need. And just as she was in need, many are in need today. Uh, all around us, uh, in our nation, and perhaps you're in need this morning. I want to encourage you with this fact that God is the one who meets all of our needs and that he will provide for you just as he has in the past. We believe that our God is able. Don't you believe that this morning? The scripture says in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 21, Jesus went away from there. And withdrew into the district of Tyre of Sidon. And a Canaanite woman from that region came out and began to cry out saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon possessed. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and implored him saying, Send her away because she keeps shouting at us. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But, he, but she said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus said to her, O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the word of God, which is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I ask you to speak to every one of our lives and that you would allow this word to fall as good seed into the good soil of our hearts. We ask this in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. I want to share with you uh, concerning a question this morning. And the question is, what do you think of Jesus? This question is so important that depending on the answer, you can have a great deal of blessing in your life or you can miss out on a great deal of blessing in your life. My question to you is, what do you think of Jesus? Do you make much of him this morning? Do you raise him up in importance and in prominence in your life. You see, those who make much of Jesus are going to experience His presence, His power. They're going to experience answers to prayer, miraculous deliverance. They're going to see God at work in the details of their life. Those who make little of Him will miss out on the opportunity to enjoy and experience relationship with God and the intervention of God in times of need. And in times of crisis. The Bible tells us that God the Father makes much of Christ. Inasmuch as he has exalted him to the right hand of God. And given to him a name which is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. God the Father thought so much of Christ. That he told the world listen to him. And he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He thought so much of Christ 
that he has given his name to us as being the only name by which any prayer can be answered in the throne room of the living God. And so I ask you this morning, if God the Father makes much of Christ, what do you think of him? What do you make of Jesus this morning? Many times we find that we make more of ourselves than we make of Christ, or we make more of our problem than we make of Christ. But I want to encourage you to look to Christ this morning and to consider him as the author and the perfecter of faith. The Bible makes much of Jesus. The scriptures tell us that or teach us that from Genesis to Revelation, Jesus is the central theme of all of the Bible. From Genesis to Malachi, we see the prophetic pointing of the word of God toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And this tells us how much the Bible makes of him. That in every chapter of the Old Testament, there is reference to the coming Messiah. Jesus is that Messiah who came. The fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy and the Son of the living God. The New Testament makes much of him as well. Four Gospels dedicated to his life and ministry, his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. The other chapters dedicated to teaching the world about him and about relationship with him. And the New Testament makes much of his return. And that day which is coming when Jesus Christ will come in the clouds of glory and he will ascend and he will take his people into his presence. And he will also come and reign upon the earth. So if the Bible makes much of Christ, what do you make of him this morning? What do you think of Jesus? The woman that is before us this morning made much of Christ. She was in a crisis for her family. The Bible tells us that her daughter was cruelly demon-possessed. She had a problem on her hands. And really, she had several problems on her hands. She had the fact that she was a woman in a man's world. She had the fact that she had a daughter for whom no one had a solution to the demonic and cruel possession that, had, that this girl was experiencing. And now she also finds herself being a Canaanite in a Jewish situation. She is outside of the covenant of Israel and outside of the promises of Abraham. And she finds herself in need. But she heard a rumor. The rumor was that Jesus had come to the region. Jesus had come to Tyre of Sidon. And so she made a decision to go after Christ. And she, taking uh, what little information she had, she made a decision to go in pursuit of Christ and in pursuit of her miracle. The Bible says she came to him. Why did she come to him? She came to him because she made much of him. She made much of who he was. She considered what she had heard and she believed. Many people, no doubt, that day heard the same rumor. Some said, well, if it's true, I'll, uh, I'll hear about it some more later. Others thought, well, if it's true, he'll come through here and he'll bless me too. But she made up her mind, I'm going to go to God. I'm going to go and seek after this Jesus. She made much of him in her mind. and She made a decision to chase after him and to pursue her miracle. How much do you make of Christ this morning? I know that those of you gathered here have made much of him. You've come to the house of prayer. You've come to this place of worship that we might seek the face of the living God. 
I tell you, friend, no one has ever come to him and been rejected. No one has ever come to him and been turned away. And so I want to invite you to come to Jesus today and make much of him in your daily life. Make him uh, great in your thoughts, great in your speech and in your testimony. Make him great in the way that you share your life with others. Make much of Christ in every sphere and every season of life. First of all, I want you to notice that she considered Jesus essential. I, I want you to say that with me. Jesus is essential. Say it one more time. Jesus is essential. Right now, there's a lot of talk about essential personnel and essential industries. And because so much of the world and so much of the economy is shut down, they have designated certain groups of people who are essential to the function of the nation. And uh, some of those things, of course, are government. Government is essential. Law enforcement is essential. We need uh, the, uh, the continued enforcement of, of peace officers in our communities. The medical uh, personnel obviously are essential. They're the front lines in this crisis. Our doctors and nurses and our scientists trying to discover a way to find a vaccine or a cure. All of those have been deemed essential. They've also deemed our grocery stores essential. And thank God for all of those who work in uh, our grocery store industry that make it possible for us to continue to receive the, uh, the meals and the food that we need. They've declared restaurants essential so that you and I, although we can't go dine in, we can still pick up some food. Aren't you glad there's still some food out there? And, uh, and they've declared these things essential because we can't live without them. And I want to uh, thank God because here in the state of Texas, our governor... And our county uh, judge here in, the, in B County have declared the church as an essential part of our community in the midst of this crisis. And we really do need to thank God for that because the church is an essential part of every season of our life. But can I tell you, friend, there is one who is absolutely essential to life. He is absolutely essential to blessing. He is absolutely essential to being found in favor with God. And his name is Jesus. This woman deemed Jesus Christ to be essential. She understood that without him there would be no cure for her daughter. Without him there would be no remedy for her crisis. Without him there would be no peace in her home. Without him there would be no new day, no new beginning. And so she deemed that he was absolutely essential to her life. Can I tell you, friend, if you haven't made Jesus essential in your life, if he's still a side, uh, a side player in your life, if he's still just one that you call upon in days of trouble, I encourage you today to make Jesus the centerpiece of your life. Make him the centerpiece of your worship, the centerpiece of your Bible study, the centerpiece of your relationships, because he is absolutely essential to it. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. But with Christ, all things are possible. And with Christ, you and I can receive success and blessing even in the hardest of days. This woman's daughter brought her to Jesus. But the moment came when she took her eyes off of her daughter and she put them on Jesus. Can I tell you today, there are many people today whom this crisis is bringing to Christ. 
And the problem in our world is turning many people to Christ. But can I tell you, friend, take your, your eyes off of the problem and put them on Jesus. Because he is the one who has the answer. He is the one that has the solution for your life. There has to come a moment where you stop focusing on what you don't have. And you just put your eyes on Jesus, as the Bible says. You glue your eyes to him. And you declare he's the essential part of my life. Problems come and go, but Jesus must remain essential in your life. And if you will keep him there, you will find that you can do all things through him. She also deemed him able. The Bible said she came to him asking him to do something that was impossible by all human measures. She had a demon-possessed child, and yet she considered Christ able to heal her daughter. Can I tell you today that your God is able. Your God is able to meet your need. Your God is able to heal the sick. Your God is able to deliver by many or by few. Come on somebody. Your God is able to redeem. Your God is able to change the circumstances of your life. And your God is even able to break the habits and the addictions that are upon your life and give you a fresh start and a new beginning if you'll call upon him in Jesus' name by faith. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 7.25 that he is able to save. In Jude 24, it says he is able to keep. Hebrews 2.18 says he is able to help. Philippians 3.21, he is able to subdue all things under our feet. 2 Corinthians 9.8, he is able to make all grace abound. And Ephesians 3.20, he is able to do exceedingly and far above all that you could ask or even imagine. Come on, somebody, do you believe that he is able? Do you believe that he is able to rescue America and the nations from this crisis if we will turn to him? Our God is able. He's able to meet your need in your home this week. You might say, Pastor, I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. I don't know how I'm going to get the bills paid. Call on God. Do what he tells you to do, and you will find that he is able to do the impossible in your life. I shared with you on Wednesday night that the, that king, the king said to Daniel, just before he had to throw him into the lion's den, he said, Daniel, your God is able to save you. And I'm here today to tell you, Kingsway Church, your God is able to save you because your God is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who was able to conquer the grave and he is able to save you and to deliver you and to give you help and hope. Then we read that she considered him merciful. She made much of the fact that Christ was merciful, that he was a compassionate man. And that he was a compassionate God. She believed that Jesus cared. She believed that Jesus cared for her. Can I tell you today? Jesus cares for you. And he cares about you. Maybe sometimes you feel like nobody cares. And like Peter you say to, to the Lord Master. Don't you care that we're perishing? Friend, in the middle of the storm, Peter thought God didn't care anymore. That is the tendency of many hearts when they go through hard times to think that God doesn't care or that God is not concerned. But I challenge you to look to Christ to realize that he is the one who cares. His compassion is boundless and endless for you. For he is 
the gift of God's love to every human heart. The Bible says that after 400 years of the nation of Israel being in bondage, God came to them and said through Moses, I have seen your affliction, I have heard your cry, and I have come down to deliver you. That's your God this morning. He says, I see what you're going through. I know where you are. I care about you. And I will deliver you. I will sustain you. And I will uphold you by my righteous right arm. God cares about your soul, friend. He cares about your eternal soul. Your soul is going to live forever somewhere. Either it's going to live in heaven or in hell for all eternity. But God cares for your soul. He doesn't want you to perish. And he wants you to be saved. For the Bible says that God is not willing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God cares for you. He cares about your marriage. He cares about your children. He cares about your relationships. He cares about the wounds that you carry in your broken heart. He cares about the rebellious child that is in your family. He cares about the mourning that you're going through at the loss of a loved one. He even cares what you're going to have for lunch today. God cares for you. And the Bible says that not even a sparrow can fall to the ground without God's notice. And friend, how much more will God take care of you? If he takes care of the sparrows, the Bible says, he will take care of you for you are worth far more than a sparrow. The Bible says that the righteous cry and the Lord hears them and he delivers them out of all of their trouble for the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord will deliver him out of them all come on do you believe God this morning he says I will deliver you out of every affliction now here comes the paradox of the text the Bible said that this woman came to Christ and she was imploring him saying, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible said that Jesus answered her not a word. He did not give her an answer. He did not seem to even recognize that she was there. What do you do when God is silent? What do you do when it seems that God does not care? When it seems as though God does not know what you're going through? The songwriter wrote this about the silence of God from a secular perspective. He says, it's enough to drive a man crazy. It'll break a man's faith. It's enough to make him wonder if he's ever been sane. When he's bleeding for comfort from thy staff and thy rod. And the heaven's only answer is the silence of God. We hear that in the heart perhaps of those who do not know Christ. But then we read the book of Job. And Job said, I cried to you for help and you did not answer me. I stand and you do not look at me. And then the psalmist repeats the same emotion. In Psalm 22 and verse 1 and 2, the psalmist says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And why are you so far from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry to you by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. What do you do 
what the silence of God. When God does not answer. When God is quiet. Friend, I'll tell you what this woman did. When Jesus did not answer her. When she experienced the silence of God. She got closer to him. The Bible said she kept coming closer. She kept drawing near. Can I challenge you this morning? Can I encourage you? In the midst of trouble, get near to God. In the midst of silence, draw near to God. When it seems like there is no answer, get nearer to God. That's the answer right there. To keep pursuing, to, to keep going after God. Because he says this, call upon me and I will answer you. He says, come to me and all ye who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. He says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. This woman kept drawing near to God. She kept getting closer and closer to him. She knew that he was the one that had the solution. That he was the one that had the answer for her life. And today, wherever you are, are you far from him? Come near. Are you close by but on the outer fringes? Come near. Are you near to God today? Grow nearer still. If anything you do in this season... Come near to him. He will answer you. She came near to him. And then she did one more thing. She began to worship. The Bible says she began to bow down and worship him. Saying, have mercy, Lord. Oh, friend, this woman now we see considered him to be worthy of worship. She considered that he was able. She considered that he was merciful. She considered that he cared. But now she comes to him and she considers him worthy of her praise. She's no longer on the outside. She comes in. She begins to inch her way in to the presence of Jesus. She got past the disciples and she begins to cry out even louder with worship and praise for the living God. The disciples said, Lord, send her away. We don't like this commotion she's causing. We don't like the way that she is carrying on. But friends, they weren't the ones in need. They weren't the ones in trouble. They weren't the ones who needed a miracle. She's the one that needed a miracle. And she's the one that had a praise. Can I just tell you, friend, some people will only worship God when they've received a miracle. But there's some of us that say, God, I will worship you in every season. I will worship you while I'm waiting. I will worship you while you don't answer. Because you are worthy of my praise. Do you know what she was doing? She was making a decision. She was saying, God is going to get the glory out of my life. God is going to get the glory out of this circumstance. Is there anybody in here? Is there anybody here this morning? Anybody online that would say, Pastor Isaac, I've made a decision. God is going to get glory out of my life. It's not going to be the coronavirus that gets the glory. It's not going to be this crisis that gets the glory. It's not going to be cancer sickness that gets the glory. God will get the glory out of my life because he is worthy of my praise. He is worthy of my all. This woman decided to give him her praise. She declared he's worthy. He's, he is the one who is worthy of glory and honor and praise. I know many are going through a hard time right now. But give God glory. Give him glory for the provisions he makes, for the peace that you've experienced, for the joy 
that you have. Statistics tell us how much this has affected the psychology of the nation. There are some going through depression, going into the darkness of discouragement. And many of you today have walked through the same valley they're walking through. And you have a smile on your face. And there's a glow over you. And there's peace of God in your home. And you know that everything's going to be all right. And the difference is what you've made of Christ. The difference is that you put your faith and confidence in Jesus. And you've decided God is going to get glory out of every season and circumstance of my life. If that's you, give him praise. Come on, somebody testify of the goodness of Jesus, of the goodness of God. Finally, she considered him enough. She decided that Jesus was enough for her. The Bible said that the Lord finally answered her. And he said to her, look, let me feed the children first. It's not right to give the children's bread to the dogs. Jesus was a Jewish Messiah. He had come to the Jewish people. This was a Canaanite woman. She was a Gentile. And Jesus is saying to her, the Father sent me to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I didn't, I didn't come for Gentiles. And I can't take away the ministry that, I, that I've been sent to give to them. To give to somebody that's not a part of the family. The scripture says that this woman said to him, yes Lord. But even the Gentiles eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She said to him, yes, Lord, I understand all of that. I understand the theology and the, and the doctrine involved in that. I understand the, the, separ the separation of covenants. But I also know this, that one crumb from the master's table will satisfy my need and will be more than enough for me. She made a decision to acknowledge that Jesus was the all-sufficient one. That he was enough to meet her need. That he was more than enough to satisfy the needs of her life. Listen, friends, she understood that God is so great and God is so big that one small pinch of bread will satisfy every need in your life. And, friend, that faith that she had in Christ, you and I can have in him today. Have you made a decision have you made much of Christ? Do you think so much of him that you know in your heart of hearts that he is enough? Listen, friends, don't give me titles. Don't give me trophies. Don't give me recognition. Give me Jesus because he is more than enough. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have Jesus in a bigger house or a newer car. I'd rather have Jesus than all of the things the world can satisfy or provide. Because only Jesus is enough. And only Jesus can meet the deepest, darkest, and greatest longing of the human heart. Give me Jesus because his grace is sufficient. Give me Jesus because he is the healer of the sick and he is joy in the midst of sorrow. He is friend when I am alone. He is the redeemer of death and he is the all in all for all of those who call upon him. He is more than enough. Can I tell you, friend, that that day that woman by faith discovered that when you come to God by faith, he will not just give you the crumbs, but he'll give you the whole table if you'll come to him in faith. This morning, 
What do you make of Christ? What do you make of him? Is he on the sidelines? Is he in the emergency cabinet? Or is he your right-hand man? Have you made much of Christ today? In the midst of this present hour of need, there is an essential person. He cares about you. He is enough for you. More than enough. And if you will call upon him by faith, you will experience his peace, his love, and his joy. I want to ask you this morning to make much of Christ. And I want to give you an invitation to join his family, to become a part of the body of Christ, not by becoming a member of this church, but by giving your heart to Jesus. Do you have a need in your life? Do you want the forgiveness of your sins? Do you recognize that without Christ you'll die and go to hell forever separated from God? Today God loves you. He's extended a, an invitation for you to come to him. To receive the forgiveness of your sins. And to have a new beginning. And so this morning if you would say, Pastor Isaac, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to make him the Lord of my life. If that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer with me. And we're going to make a, a prayer together as you make a decision to say yes to Jesus. If you say, Pastor Isaac, that's me. I want to give my life to Christ. I want you to bow your head and just pray with me. You can be at home. Maybe you're in the car, wherever you are. There is no distance with God. Just say, Lord Jesus, I confess that I have sinned. I deserve judgment. I deserve wrath. But this morning, I fall upon your mercy. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to give me a new start. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe that you rose from the dead. And today I confess that you are Lord. I put my trust in you. And I ask you to forgive me and to make me a new person in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer this morning, if you've made a decision to follow Christ, I want you to contact Kingsway Church either through the internet or by calling the office. And I want you to let us know what God has done in your life. I want you to take faith this morning. God cares. God knows. God loves. And God has received you as his very own child this morning. This is a new beginning for your life. For the rest of the body of Christ, I want you to take whatever need is in your life today. Is it a lost child? Is it a sick loved one? Is it a depression that's overwhelmed your mind? fear of lack, whatever it is that's in your life today, I want you to just take it and just give it to God. And as you do that, I want to pray over you that you will receive the peace of God and that you will receive the miracle that you need from the Almighty this morning.
Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before the throne of grace this morning and we bring to you every need, every fear, every anxiety, every worry, and every woe. We bring to you those things which we cannot change. And we slide them across the table and we say, they're yours. Because you said, cast your cares upon me. I care for you. So we cast those cares upon you today and we say, God, you are enough. You are more than enough. And you will bring us through. We trusted in you in our past. And we've seen you faithful. We trust you now. We know you will not fail. I pray that right now in every car, I pray that in every living room, in every kitchen, wherever this message is being heard, I pray that the presence and peace of God would come and overwhelm that place and bring deliverance, bring peace, bring joy, bring provision, bring healing now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for families to receive the peace of God, for marriages to receive the peace of God. I pray that there would be a wave of grace and glory that flows through the household of faith this morning in every place. In Jesus' name.